Hello and welcome to CHGO Red Stars podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Look, whenever I need to lean on somebody, I just... Call on my friend, homie, colleague. Here we are. Claire Watkins, they came the scam originator. Me and Claire. Claire <laughs> Watkins and Sandra Herrera coming at you once more to chat all things Chicago Red Stars. And honestly, listen, listen, y'all. You're, jo- you're joining us live. You're getting authenticity <laughs> here. Yeah. And we cannot lie to you. Oh, yeah. The energy is not great. I wish we had a little bit more enthusiasm, wish we had a little bit more, but uh, it's an interesting time in the Chicago Red Stars season here. Yeah. Because it's uh, the last match weekend of NWSL regular season 2022. And while it's a very, very exciting time for, for neutrals, for those of us who go here, it's a little bit nerve wracking. This is uh, unfamiliar territory. Uh, for the Red Stars. They're going into this final match week. Uh, yes, of course, needing to win, right? That is kind of the energy. Yes. But they also need other things around them to, to, to help them out. Well, as you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, I was like, is this the first time they've had it go down to the last weekend? That's actually 2014, right? Yep. 2014 was the, the year that they... Um, they had to go down to the final weekend and they drew with the Western New York flash three to three, as we all recall, or two to two to three to three. And they did not make it in to the playoffs. They came all the way to the end and did not make the top four. Now that's very different than a top six, but yeah. it's and been that's all, also 2014. Yeah. There's literally one person on the team who could probably talk about what that felt like. Yeah, no, it's been, yeah. So now eight years later, we're kind of back in a similar, similar position. Yeah. So uh, I guess we should ask Vanessa DiBernardo specifically. Yeah. Well, how does it feel? How <laughs> right. does it compare to 2014 yeah. and 2022 sort of being in this position where you need lots of other outside factors to sort of assist you? along the way let's uh maybe chat a little bit about how the red stars got here Mm -hmm. perhaps um alluding to most specifically that previous uh loss against portland thorns and i and i I gotta say i feel like when we were um on here last week and we were talking about making this this preview around the thorns how they were going to go on the road and um some of the energy that we've had is like hey actually playoffs have started already right for the red stars and kind of felt like we kind of felt like that internet meme where it was like the stick figure poking something with a stick where it was like okay do something like the 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 sort of storylines and and sort of the narrative that's been coming out of media availabilities mm-hmm. uh you know in terms of the players and the coaching staff is, is one game at a time yeah and you can only take the game in front of you and while that's a true fact, another thing that can be true is that, like, a certain level of urgency is needed at a time certain time right. of the season. No time. Right. Yeah, a certain level of urgency is needed at a, at, at a specific time of the season. And um, for a, a, a club that has sort of always known and sort of always had the mentality like, hey, like, we know that the very long regular season comes down to, like, the last – you know, four weeks or so. Right. I think we were anticipating a certain, you know, type of uh, – 
uh, type of energy from this team. And, and, and we saw like a 4-1 win against Louisville. We saw a big blowout against Kansas City. And then it was like, okay, well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that Kansas City result, I mean, you look at it, right? So they they tie uh, the rain. They get the big Kansas City result. But then they lose to Houston. Yep. And they lose to Portland. And the yep. Portland game, like, we'll get into the details of that. It was a bad, it was just a bad loss. Bad um, and so you're like, okay, was that Kansas City game like a false hope situation? Was it just weird enough circumstances that um, Mal Pugh was a little bit more rested than everybody else, and so she was able yeah. to kind of do her thing? Um, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of hard to gauge. But, it, again, yeah, you talk about this stretch of all these playoff teams that they're that they're playing. And to be frank, this game against Angel City, Angel City could get eliminated tonight. Yeah. So that's yeah. not even necessarily <laughs> going to be against a playoff team. But they've done okay. They've done – fine um there is just still this issue of it does feel sometimes like their whole point space is on teams below them in the table and the other teams that they're supposed to be competitive with they just can't get over the top with um and so then you get to this portland game and you see the wheels kind of come off oh yeah and you go okay so just the physical exertion or mental exertion or emotional exertion of even competing. Yeah. Like what has that brought to this team yeah. and what do they even have in the tank for this final game? Should it even matter? So I don't know. It is, it's a tough place to be. You know, we were talking about this team going to Portland and look, I'll, I'll call it out. I remember specifically during the preview of this thorns game and talking about it and saying, listen, you know, in my opinion and Sandra's opinion, that the Red Stars going up against the Thorns looks and feels a little bit different than in early years. Mm -hmm. Early years of NWSL, like there was a long stretch of time, at, let's say eight years or so, <laughs> where, uh, you know, the Red Stars going up against the Thorns, it was like an automatic dub, mm -hmm. I think, if you were Portland. You know, it was like they just knew, they just had their number. And then in more recent years, it maybe looked a little bit and felt a little bit different, you know, that this was a Portland Thorns side that has now been eliminated twice by the Chicago Red Stars in the postseason during a semifinal. Um, they had played to a 2-2 draw earlier. That It looks and feels a little different. Um, but when this game happened and its conclusion was reached, I was like, well, that's embarrassing for me. We had a, a 3-0 scoreline, and while maybe that's not considered a, a blowout, uh, it is lopsided, um, but it was everything else that sort of came out or everything else that was sort of a consequence of this loss. Right. I mean, we're talking about a loss that featured – you know, uh, a really good look on goal from Mallory Pugh, who then all of a sudden pulled up right. and kind of removed herself out of play for a little bit right. for about, what was it, a five, five-ish minute stretch of time. Yep. Um, just sort of feeling out her her leg and sort of, you know, making sure that she was all right, so to speak. And then you, you've you got that, right? That's a, an issue with your your star player that you're keeping an eye on. And then uh, you, you see this team go into the locker room mm -hmm. uh, at halftime, 0-0, zero, zero, and you're thinking, well, okay. A uh, little bit of, of some chaotic energy there, but mm -hmm. we saw the return of Morgan Gatra yeah. getting a start, yeah. right? We've seen her building her minutes, and this one included an actual start. Yeah. And maybe we can also talk about that a little bit. I mean, the how The first half wasn't bad, yeah. How different right. does that midfield box look like when you've got somebody like a Gatra right. at your disposal? thought they looked great. Yeah, I thought so as well. I mean, I think, again, this is just sort of trying to determine 
we got back into this. This lineup looked very different. Uh, oh, yeah. The starting 11 looked very different. And you want me to run it down for you? I mean, we, we can. I mean, just to sort of to go into the points of change, right, which is that Gatra yeah. gets saw, to start the defensive. Nair, obviously holding things on in net. Tatum and Lazo, Zoe Morris, Aaron Wright uh, holding things down in, in sort of that, that uh, back three. We had Jill Aguilera get a start. Danny Colaprico, Morgan Gatra, Bianca St. George's, Mallory Pugh, Vanessa DiBernardo, and Yuki Nagasato so, starting 11. So, first of all, um, Rachel Hill was hurt, and she was not on the availability report. So, um, we didn't really know exactly why Aguilera got the start, but it's because Rachel Hill has a hip issue that was not on the AR. Um, and then we also saw the midfield kind of shift around a little bit. Vanessa DiBernardo goes back to playing an attacking midfielder. Uh, Gatra and Colaprico play together in the defensive midfield. Like I said, I thought the first half they did a really nice job, actually, of controlling possession. Yeah. But that was not the issue. The issue was how do you turn controlling possession into chances on goal? Um, now, Pet Chris Petroselli has said that the reason to have Yuki pushed forward into this number nine role is to um, get as many of what he considers to be the team's best playmakers on the field. And I get that to a certain extent, but I don't understand that as yeah. an attacking um uh, and it's just sort of the way they're approaching the attack. I under like, but with while fully understanding, we've seen some a little bit of fading from Ava Cook. We've seen, I think, Ella Stevens. You know, she can't play every single. It doesn't seem like she can play every single game. Maybe she mm. can, and it's not a fitness issue. I don't know why they're not just kind of sticking with one player in that role. Um, but if it was a tactical change to to sit Stevens for Nagasato, I I don't know what chances are generated by that, essentially. Yeah. And I think we saw that in the first half of that game, which was very competitive. Yes. I I, I wouldn't call it even, but I would say I would agree with you in that it was it was uh, competitive. I, I do think there were a couple really good moments, specifically um, in the final third for, for Portland, where, where maybe they could have, you know, had an, had an earlier goal. Mm -hmm. But that just that just wasn't the, the case. Um, I, I've said it throughout this season and, and we've always alluded to it before in the past, but if there's something that um, the Red Stars have been good at is, is being organized, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're often, that's often a compliment that's given to this team um, from other oppositions across the league. It's like, Hey, like Chicago's a tough team to break down. They can be very organized at the time. And that's something that um, we saw a lot of, I think in that first half, even when there were maybe moments of uh, uh, some good looks for, for, for Portland in that first half. But I think if you're on the road and you're going up against a team that has typically mm -hmm. gotten your number, and at this this point, you know, the Thorns are, are, are pretty much in, you know, the team that's mainly been in first place for the last couple of weeks. Um, you got to say, you're, I'm sure you're telling yourself in halftime, like, okay, we're where we want to be. It's it's zero zero. We've got one half under our. You belt. think maybe you can get a point out of this? That's we, not we, that we can, you know. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, right. Let's stay the course, right? right? Like we're we're where we want to be. Let's right. let's let's keep gunning for a result here, on the road. And then, I mean, the second half, man. It just you don't. I don't ever envision myself using like the word choke and coming to like the Chicago Red Stars because that's just not something that I think we've ever necessarily seen uh, from this team. But we definitely saw the wheels fall off in the second half of this game. There was a bit of implosion, quite frankly. I think that happened. Uh, yeah, that's not normal for this club. I mean, I don't want to say that it's not normal. I, I, I just think that, like, any team has the ability to sort of feel the pressure sometimes. And it just felt like 
when Portland got this very early goal in the second half, it just sort of felt like all of a sudden the pressure hit. And we just saw we just saw Portland run away with this with this second half. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, they completely it, yeah, I don't, I'm just like, I'm almost speechless. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm like running out of words. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, right, so a couple of things happened. The number one is, is Portland scores right away out of halftime. Not unusual for them. They did the same thing yeah. to Louisville. No, no, not to Louisville, but to um, whoever they played at the last week, and I forgive me for not remembering, but um, they're very good. The pressures of containing that attack, I think, can get to you. What we saw in that first half is we saw Chicago – be able to possess in the midfield. But the moment that Portland was able to go forward, it was immediately very dangerous. And I think that that can be really stressful for the back three. Um, and, and then, yeah, I mean, we saw, you know, obviously loss of composure from, from BSG, right? She, um, for a throw-in. And, like, to be fair, like, I, I remember the Houston game last week. Like, the ARs do get this wrong a lot, yeah. to be fair. Um the thing that is sometimes I think a little bit hard to see on the streams are the little things that the refs get wrong. So you might see, uh, you see like a missed penalty or something like that, but it's always like handballs that weirdly do or not do not get called if they're in the middle of the field or um, yeah, or the out, out of bounds, like both teams just getting so frustrated because they never think the, the out of bounds call is correct. Um, or yeah, you see offsides calls that uh, you know to the to the attacking feel uh, to the attacking player or the defensive player feel wrong at times. So yeah. I it it's a frustration, and I that felt a little bit um, carried over from the Houston game as well because I think that my takeaway from that is that the players or at least St. George held more animosity towards the refereeing of that match than maybe we realized because that was very yeah. influenced by the ARs. Um, I don't think that's unfair to, 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 to bring and, up. And so she, yeah, she, she loses her cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, that is a red card any day of the week. Oh yeah. And, and that's rough. And that kind of was the beginning of, okay, so you've got everybody just trying to hold on here at this point, it's only one, nothing. And then immediately Portland goes and scores again. Yeah. And then like, you're just like, great. So that this is what's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, gosh, again, you, you, you hate to, you hate to see it. But it just, you saw the two very different in-game. I'm talking in-game. I'm not yeah. speaking in generalities here. You, you just saw two very different in-game mentalities yeah. in this moment, especially during, um, you know, as, as the game was approaching the hour mark. I think that's, again, not unfair. It's, it's just the fact that you brought up at this point in the game. It's 1-0. It's, it's like, there's still a game right. to chase here with a lot of time left. And you have a very unfortunate moment happen where you a team you know the right stars go down a player you're mm -hmm. down a player it's a it's a player advantage yep for portland and if you're going up against the number one first place ranked team on the table with an attack that has players like a morgan weaver or sophia smith or somebody like a yasmin ryan who has had a phenomenal second half of a season or a christine sinclair a veteran right she, she's 39 years old and, and has probably scored some of the most goals of her career against the Red Star specifically. Like it is a very, it's already a tough scenario to go up against. And then you are down a player for a very lengthy amount of time in the game. 
Well, and I don't think that second goal was about the player advantage. I think it was just because Chicago, the rest of the players for the Red Stars were just like, what just what happened? What the hell just happened? What just happened? Yeah. yeah, that wasn't about a player advantage. That was tr- purely just like well, mentally, how do you even regroup from, I'm sure for them, if you didn't see it, if you if you didn't yeah. see St. George uh, give the double, double finger bird, salute, um, then you would just be like, literally, what just happened? And then you're like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, we gotta like keep playing a soccer game. Yeah, there's no and time then, to process that moment. Yeah, right. As to what just happened, and yeah. I mean, you you had the goal that takes place, Morgan Weaver. Yeah. And and uh, Morgan Weaver gets her second one, and Sophia Smith helps uh, uh, orchestrate that. But you're also talking like minutes after that, like you get Zoe Morse who picks up her first yellow yeah in this game yeah right and it, you could just sort of see the timestamps and the timeline of events in which there was that kind of implosion where, where there was that kind of perhaps that break in 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 the game plans we'll just say plural at, right. the, at this moment um and then you just i guess you're down to zero and, and we just we just, there just wasn't i hate to be this way but it's just there just wasn't enough to sort of kind of you know be able to to spearhead yeah. a, a comeback, let alone one goal, but let alone two goals right. now. Yeah, once that second, I mean, to come back down a Yeah, down I mean, a player, and, and it's player. like you're yeah. you're talking about a goal that happened, you know, like I said, at the 61st minute, right at the hour mark. And there's still right. technically a good chunk of game left. And it's like if you've got, you know, if you've got enough in you, if you've got enough within your attack to sort of try to, like, go out, go after us all, like, yeah, is it always possible within those scenarios? Sure, of course. Right. But at this point, you're down a player, you're down two goals, uh, Mal Pugh is only Mal Pugh, you know, and I, I just was looking for any different adjustments within this game to sort of counteract these these scenarios that presented themselves in this game where it's like, okay, down a player, so we have to shift and maybe do this. Just, just not really seeing that um, out of this game. And, I mean, when you're looking at sort of the final numbers of this, you, the Red Stars recorded one attempt – on target and it was it was game. and it was the rocket it was the it pew was pew, rocket in the first yeah, half it was mal pew's yeah. like i'm gonna do it myself yeah opportunity yeah and um congrats to, to pew she's been she's been playing on like x game mode like this yeah. this second half of yeah. the season right but um again like this is this is uh this is one player amongst uh amongst many and to sort of i guess add you know salt into this already kind of lost cause at this point in this game the the thorns go ahead and they get another goal and Mm -hmm. this this goal comes after zoe morse picks up a second yellow right and so now she she is and i exit from the game that sucks i feel really bad for zoe i do too that 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 moment more than any other moment in the game sucks cosmically unfair yeah she has been doing everything the club has asked of her. Yep. She's moved into this central most center back role after two other defenders go down. She, you know, I spoke to Morse about uh, for a different piece a couple weeks ago and just the, the mental fortitude to go from not playing at all, at all last ever. season yeah. to suddenly being relied on so heavily to make everything work this year. And yeah, I think a- she's done a really nice job with again, you, I say very little help. I don't mean that in that like obviously Tatum Lotto has been fant- fantastic and Kowalski and, and Wright have done a nice job as well. But it's more just like in the nature of a three back, yeah. you are asked to do so much on your own. Yeah. And Morse, I mean that to me, I was just like that is a player that's been let down. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think when you're like looking at, um, I appreciate you were like wanting to to clarify that, but I, yeah. I got what you meant. Like no, the, no, the yeah. support, the support for a player, in in, in like uh, for so, someone specifically like Morse, you have to maybe call into question right a little bit because you know we're, we're what it's like we've seen we saw this player get drafted and right. then not see any time right. whatsoever as, as Claire's already alluded to and then all of a sudden in 2022 this she's the the starter right. in in what's going to be the Red Stars new system moving forward and it's just like. The mental hurdles that an athlete probably has to go through yeah. to being asked one very specific thing in like an earlier phase of your season and then being asked of another very specific thing yep. in the middle phase of your season and then a third very high yep. pressure scenarios is another thing entirely. And it's just, it's, uh, you know, I do. I, I hope that um, Morse has felt supported you yeah. know, in, in this season or has the, the adequate... Um, you know, things in place to, to be able to, to support an athlete like through those those moments. Yeah, you know, it, it, I agree with you. It did feel cosmically unfair. I think more than the the BSG red card, it was like, no way. Yeah, man. it would right. just it would just was like, you just hate again, hate to see it. And it just it was a loss that unfortunately, because of all of those things, mm-hmm. it was a loss that felt bad. Yeah. You know, it felt I mean, I think people this was sort of what I saw online as it was happening too is like, it's, it's interesting because we are going to get to the point where we talk about how Chicago's season is not over. And, in fact, we could be talking about a playoff team right now. Yeah. Though, if Chicago does make playoffs, BSG will not be playing in that quarterfinal. Nope. Um, she got a second she got a second game suspension, which is in line with yep. what Amber Brooks got for the same thing. Correct. Um, and, but it, it felt like a season ender. Yep. It felt like, I mean, again, it wasn't, but it, that is absolutely how it yeah. felt. And I mean, everybody remembers the Portland disaster of 2021, right? But that was the first game the of the season. The first game of the season. And we yeah. saw a change within the team from there to have this happen in your second to last game. I don't know. I mean, it, it is something where you're like, you want playoffs for the team, but you're also just like, there are so many issues here that have not been resolved that, do we also want playoffs? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Like this point. <laughs> Do we want them to play Portland like again? It felt yeah. like, I'll just be frank here. You know, with the off season that the Chicago Red Stars had, um, all of the horrendous headlines around the franchise. Yeah. Um, their months long zero dark 30 energy. Yeah. Um, and all of that, you know, leading up to this season to the point where Petroselli is, not named head coach or hired until well into the preseason, right? It just sort of felt like ever the storylines around this team was that, like, they were going to have a hellscape of a season. And right. unfortunately, that just hasn't been quite true right. because of the players yeah. um, this year. The players have put together a very respectable mm-hmm. season. Yes. And depending on who you talked in the space, probably consider this team to have overperformed yeah. this year. So it almost sort of felt like, all of those feelings about like, oh, this season's gonna be a hellscape all came within one game. Yeah. In this Portland Thorns game. And it was like, oh, the Red Stars season actually didn't feel like this at all, technically. But right. here it all is kind of in this loss of this game. The, f- the fears of just like what Correct. this could be. Or yeah. What it could mean. Right. Right. So it means technically that there is one more home game yep. for the Chicago Red Stars. And look, if you're a local, if, you, if you're here, you go here, and you have the chance to see the Chicago Red Stars. Chance to see it's Mal Pugh we'll on expert be mode. A big game, yeah. You can get a ticket to the game. Let me just say, it's going a transition, back, baby. Yeah, 
Game time transition. Game time transition. Do you have the copy pulled up? I do have I the don't. copy. Okay, good. <laughs> because <laughs> you transitioned too well. I wasn't because, ready. Because if you want to grab a ticket, if you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. Mm-hmm. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description here of the episode. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. So if you don't know, Game Time is the hottest new ticket uh, ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. So look, with one more game left, That's right. there are still seats remaining against Angel City. You're going to want to grab your tickets to the Game Time. Yep. To go yeah, a lot of cool have. options here. We're looking at it on the on the uh, yeah, YouTube stream here. Yep, yep you can um, get real up close you and personal. Sit there. You can sit yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you can I'll sit be honest, there. like... If you want to hear me and Claire from the press box, you could sit on that opposite yeah, side. Yeah, and we'll hear you, too. If you sit in front of the press box, we can hear you. We can absolutely hear yeah. you. Uh, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Uh, yeah, and use that time. link below the YouTube stream. That's that right. helps us out a lot here at CHGO. Yep, click through. If, yep, if you're getting tickets. And, and please do. Like, if you're in the area and you want to see a game that matters and you want, you know, at the very least, this is a, a fan appreciation night. It's a, it's a really... You know, again, we're talking about the things that are disappointing, but there is an element of job well done, I think, at the end of this season for the players that did what they did this this year. Um, and then, yeah, so this game coming up. Setting up uh, – Portland sets up some interesting scenarios. Yeah. Because there are a lot of sets up some interesting scenarios going into this final game because, look, this is a Chicago Red Stars show, and everyone who's joining us, again, welcome if you're coming in after that ad read. Um but this is the last one, and, and you're here for the Red Stars, but in order to know what's going on with the Red Stars, we've got to give you the context of what's on the line in this weekend. And there's a number of things on the line this weekend. Yep. So we've got the standings here in front of you. Portland sitting at number one with 38 points. Well, Rain in number two with 37 points. Kansas City Current, third place with 36. San Diego Wave, 35 points in fourth. And then the two playoff spots that are actually up for grab this weekend are five and six. And right now... It's Houston Dash in fifth place with 33 points, and North Carolina punching their way yeah. into the upper half of the table in sixth place with 31 points. So just outside is the Red Stars in red there with 30 points, and Angel City in eighth place with 29 points. So what's at stake here? The Red Stars can try to uh, manifest a playoff berth here, but they need some things yeah also go their way you know and you know some help color me wrong if i'm wrong but i do think north carolina is going to win tonight san yep. diego has some injuries some serious in- well I, uh, that sorry i don't want i don't want to freak anybody out they have some injuries to serious players not I, yeah i don't want to call the injuries yes. serious without knowing but yeah. they they have some injuries to some very important players um and i think that they're probably mostly focused on just getting into their playoff game as intact yeah. and as possible and i think north carolina is going to come out just ready to roll yeah um so i do think that north carolina is going to make the playoffs it's winning in which means that red stars fans will simply become huge washington spirit fans tomorrow because what they need is they need houston to lose and it would help if houston lost by multiple goals yeah because chicago would need to obviously win to go level with houston on points and then they would have to make up what is now right now a negative three goal differential against the dash um, we'll see if that happens. The Dash also are trying to make the playoffs, so they're going to come in with a lot of, of energy, I would think. So yeah. um, any points by Houston, and this is a dead rubber match at the at the end of the weekend, um, which is, is tough. I mean, it's tough for the fans to go through. I'm sure it's tough for the players to go through. Um, we've heard all season that the Red Stars, you know, their mantra has been 
we can only focus on ourselves. We can only, yeah. you know, handle our own process. But the issue when you don't handle your own process is that you do have to rely on other people. And, and so, so yeah. So if you're, if you're a Red Stars fan, you are wearing wave yeah. blue tonight. You're going to be going through some things over the next yeah. 36, yeah. So 48 to 36 hours. Yeah. So as of this moment on Friday, September 30th, you are huge San Diego wave FC fans. And then depending on what happens tonight, you might find yourself massive Washington Spira fans on Saturday. Wait, tonight's match is in San Diego? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. See, Tonight's I, I match hoping, is in San Diego. Hoping that would mean like home team's gonna at least maybe grab a draw but there. Some, but we're saying, uh, yeah, maybe. But they're like, it's like they don't really have anything there's to play like, for. There's a tough, yeah. yeah, availability report. Yeah, I think that. Right I mean, they're gonna put out their best eleven that they have available. I think because yeah. they're trying to get a home game. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think so that they're it's, fourth right now. Yeah, going into that, but I, you know, it's. There's t- it's it's funny all the tech mathematically speaking we hate math here but because mathematically speaking they also have a shot for the shield but it's like the math around that is they would need to not only uh, defeat North Carolina Courage but mm-hmm. Portland also have to lose their game so do OO Rain right and they not only would have to beat the Courage but they would have to beat them by something like 15 goals yeah. I gotta tell you you know something to play for if you ask I me guess, I don't yeah. know I mean like, come on yeah. Who is going to be the same player season? that comes in and scores 15 goals in one game? It's got Jane Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> the team. Yes. She's going to gonna score one goal for each year she's been alive, which is 17. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah, Watch Let's it happen it. tonight. Yeah. That'll Paramount happen. Plus, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, It's going to be like, yeah. it's going to be madness, I'm sure. You look, it's the final match weekend yeah. of everything. But uh, again, uh, yes, these things need to happen. There are certain things that need to happen. Uh, on top of the Chicago Red Stars taking the pitch on Sunday and yeah. going out there and getting a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it'll be a, an interesting game no matter what, to be honest. Like, I think the Angel City, not only in standings, but I think in actuality, I think these two teams are probably pretty competitive with one another. We saw them play yeah. once. I think, what was that? The 1-0 one, one no loss to Angel City in L.A.? I will say this. In the lead up to this game, mm-hmm. there was some pre-match game availability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Petroselli and Aaron Wright were were on that call. And I will say something very interesting that came out of it, chatting with the two of them and asking the two of them specifically about the, that previous game where it was 1-0. Aaron Wright um, was very cool and honest and open and said, you know what, that was a game where we ended that game with a 1-0 loss and we were in the locker room pissed about it. Yeah. That they knew that they had let a result get away and they were like, it's going to come down to this final game. Right. So I appreciated the honesty and opening in that. So it's like I I would imagine that if that's something that they've been carrying since that previous match against Angel City, maybe they want to come out here and perhaps take it to them. But – there's gonna be there's gonna be some some other factors that come into play. Not just and I'm not just you know talking about the fact that there's other teams that need to help Chicago with this path, but they're again they're gonna be without Bianca Sintry. They're gonna be without Zoe Morse. So maybe let's actually talk about yeah. What let's we talk about what we're gonna see in this in this game. I also you know asked Aaron Wright how she's feeling because she's someone who's who's had to deal with coming on and off of mm-hmm. the availability report this year. We saw her go about 50 minutes or so in that game against uh, against Portland Thorns. And um, 
she had a good good laugh about it in, in the in the available media availability. Is, is, she said, "Listen, even if I was like fifty percent, I would tell you I'm a hundred percent." Well, like I, my thought. This is a really good question from Kristen, which is what's going to happen with the defense. And shout out to Kristen. And straight up, what I who think, do we think will take the center back role, placing Zoe Morse? Disappointed that she's not going to get the Iron Woman title this year, though she deserves it. Agreed. Yeah, Kristen, hard agree. Big agree, but I, I also think this is my pers- this is what I think is going to happen based on having covered this team for a long time. Is I think that Milazzo is going to slide central. I think that Wright and Kowalski are going to be on either side, and I think Wright is going to play the whole ninety minutes because they don't have anybody they literally else. Don't have anybody else. So she's gonna she's gonna do it. She's gonna gut it out and like salute to that. Yeah, you know, um, I have yeah. feelings about it. Yep. <laughs> I think again, we're talking about players and 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 needing to have the appropriate supports yep. in place. I don't think this is one of those scenarios in which it's been provided. Yeah. Um, but if there's one thing we know about these these red stars that have been around for a while, though they'll they'll, they'll leave it all out there. Their yep. Literal legs yep. apparently fall off, yep. and uh, that's a an interesting interesting place to be. At and this then point for the for wing back, I think it will depend on Hill Hill's availability. Yeah. Um, yep. Hip stuff doesn't go away in a week. Uh, so I don't know if that's just a pain management issue or if they're trying not to aggravate something to make it worse. That seems to me like a player that is going to need an off season to sort of figure out. Cause she was dealing with hip stuff at the beginning of the season yeah. as well. And so usually with hip, I've got a lot of hip stuff in my closet. You know, yeah, cool. yeah. Can you help? Like you guys can, can you help too. out? Yeah, some Things cool, stretch, cool hip, some cool, the hip cool hip stuff. No, I, just, I just, yeah, like, yeah, like, like pretty hip. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hill needs to work on needs to work on that, right? Uh, it's wear and tear. It's fatigue. It's it's bone. It's you know the joint either being able to handle the workload or not. And um, so, like I said, I don't know if she's going to be ready to go. Uh, Sarah Lubert not being, I, I also assume, is not 100% still, despite not being on the AR this week. Um, We're just going to assume that there's at least, what, four potential starters for, the, for, at wing for back. this weekend yeah. that are absolutely not 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Going into this, yeah. this match. In, including, like, we still, I mean, Pew has sort of a weird negotiation through the next couple of weeks as well, because if Chicago does make playoffs – that extends yeah. her season. You know, they've got the two U.S. games, and then they've got, theoretically, a playoff game on the other side of that. And, um, you know, I don't want to, like, raise alarm bells where there aren't any, but I just – I think that she's – it's it's also just because, like, her level of explosivity is so high that even her not at her highest level of explosivity is not a problem, but it just might not all be there, and she's got to negotiate that as well. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I think the defense is going to be those three. Cause I think that's, that's all that they have. And then for wing back, I think we're going to see, we'll probably see Aguilera for sure. And then it's more just like, can, can Hill play? Can Lubert play? Um, because I don't think because they have no one else to play in the three back, it's not like they can put right out there. So yeah. it's, it's very limited. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a short bench. It's gonna be Sarah real. Griffith wing back. Yeah, it's gonna be a real short. Ava bench. Cook, yeah, wing back. That's where we're at at this point in the season. Just trying uh, some stuff. We're seeing Yuki Nagasato wing back. No, what are you talking about? I'll tie back. Let's just let's get all crazy. Let's yeah, just get crazy with it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see if Morgan Gatra gets another start in in this game. Um, 
asked about, I hope so. She looked yeah, good. Yeah, she looked great. Asked, yeah. asked, asked uh, Petroselli about that, and um, it's great to have her back at this point in the season. Erin mm-hmm. Wright gave really good perspective as a player. She said, listen, she's Petros is a player that is going to make your team better mm-hmm. when she's out there. And not only that, has a, this sort of cool, calm, collective presence that's kind of you know, can wrangle in a team if they find themselves kind of reeling. And right. now more than ever, they really do need that. So this is maybe a good time then. You know, we've been trying, we I, I hope, effectively to kind of talk about what we're seeing, like, on the field and what we've mm-hmm. seen from the players and sort of how the arc of the season has gone on the field. Yeah. But I do think we should talk about the other stuff going on this week in the context of, like, the ESPN documentary that's coming out. Yeah, I think that's and, a great idea. And the and the Sally Yates report that is, I think, coming out. They say early October. I think that's a great idea. Um, let's, let's wrap up Angel City then. Yeah. Let's uh, let's say that's who that's who we see on the Red Star side of things. That's that's who we think we're going to see mm-hmm. for Chicago. If you're looking at Angel City and maybe their form mm-hmm. at this point, who do you want to have like an off game? Who do you not want to have a good game for Angel City? Um. I feel bad. I like Angel City. I don't really want anybody Angel City not to have a, not to have a good game. Um, you have like, to, Claire. I know. Like I'm like players I've popping. Asked. Players are popping up, and I'm like certainly not Simone Charlie. I want her to have I a great game. Amazing game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want her uh, to start. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I think. Uh, that's a, like a really good question. I guess I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have. I have if I have to be mean, I'll just say that. Uh, I guess the center backs okay. and the defensive midfield. Yeah, I think. Megan Reed's been pretty good for them. Yeah, um, um, and, and obviously they've got Paige Nielsen back, and, yep. and she's been doing nice work. And but like, yeah, I mean, if if Chicago and they don't really do this, but if Chicago can, I think disrupt that that center back to defensive midfielder uh, avenue. Um, I think that that will work well for them. And yeah, I agree. I think McCaskill is another one too. Is as a driving. As a, as a generator, but I also think that Angel City sometimes can bypass the midfield and do fine, so it, like, just depends. I was going to say, you know, speaking of red cards, McCaskill is a player who's no stranger to those. Yeah, uh, that's true. As well. That's true. So I think uh, when it comes to kind of, like, midfield v. midfield, if there's someone that they're trying to isolate maybe and frustrate, that perhaps that's the player that they maybe kind of kind of target in terms of uh, their Angel City's uh, midfield trio. But um, – I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. You know, the Red Stars need absolutely. This is a transition for you, buddy. Okay. The the Red Stars absolutely need every single advantage that they can get into this game. And I would also say that that includes their intake, whatever they're intaking in this week leading up to the match. I appreciate you slowing down as you were speaking so that I could like slowly <laughs> <laughs> get my act together. Just Jeez. like. Yes. Would you say that they might need something as like athletic greens? AG one, baby. AG one. AG one with one delicious scoop. Let's not forget that it's delicious. Yep. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, which is great. Costs you less than $3 a day. Also great. 
And, uh, you know, it's been been tried out by our very own Sandra Herrera, and she gives a high mark. So everybody knows that I'm a world class athlete. That's right. And I got to say the delicious, the delicious uh, point in there is is very, is very important. Yeah. Tastes good. Makes you feel good. It's all good. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about outside of the match. Yeah, let's talk, I want to. I think that I, I it would be remiss to ignore it, and I think... Well, there's a ton of things that have happened out, outside of, of match, yeah. match day things. I mean, something, you know, interesting that that happened. I, I want to show some, you know, shout out and show some some respect and some admiration to, to BSJ, to Bianca St. George. She actually made a statement recently um, coming out of that Portland game. Um essentially taking accountability uh, for the moment that she flipped the double bird to the sideline uh, official. She posted on her socials that I'd like to address the incident from this past weekend that led to my dismissal from the game against Portland. Uh, First, I'd like to apologize to all our young fans who are watching or have seen coverage of the incident and my gesture. I'm disheartened that I've set a bad example of how to behave on or off the field. And I want to emphasize that this is no way for anyone to act regardless of being in a heightened emotional state. I also want to emphasize the importance of being accountable for your actions and taking ownership of your mistakes. I broke the rules of conduct and accept the NWSL disciplinary decision. I'm hurt I won't be able to be on the field with my teammates, but I'm doing my part in helping the team prepare and I will be in the stands Sunday to cheer them on. So I just wanted to like give you know uh, bring attention to that for, for a second for anyone who's joining us live that didn't get a chance to see it um you know she's obviously knew what it was going to mean moving forward for the team uh, at this point in the season and, and put out um uh, a statement there and you know it's it's always nice to hear from chicago red stars players even if it is you know some unfortunate something um like this um because something else that's been happening, I think that you've been alluding to it, Claire, is, is there's been like a very interesting um, perception around, um, you know, players, I, I would say, or maybe even the franchise as a whole in regards to uh, the recent uh, ESPN E60 documentary that's going to come out very soon. Uh, they're doing an extensive kind of deep dive on the 2021 that took place um, in NWSL. And there's, uh, within the trailer, it's very compelling. There's a lot of uh, snippets of uh, folks who are being interviewed throughout it. And that, of course, includes um, coaches who have been terminated from the league um, after investigative findings. Um, And within this, there was an additional press release that was put out saying like, here's interviewees who were, uh, and and folks who were participating, um, in this particular documentary. And it, and it rattled off a a number of names that included, uh, you know, our other colleague in Meglina hand, it included, you know, PA executive director, uh, Megan Berg, but it also listed, um, a bunch of players uh, as well. And, And a lot of these players, uh, were from very specific clubs. So we, we are hearing from, from Anishim, who, um, you know, had, had spent time with, with Portland and Paul Riley. And we saw Mayor Mathias, and we saw a number of Washington Spirit players as well. So um, one of the questions within our live chat here, uh, I think this might be from Alex. Hey, Alex. Calabrese. Uh, any thoughts on the upcoming ESPN story 
on the NWSL scandals, which have little mention of Chicago Red Stars. And I think that just, um, you know, when you're looking even just at the trailer on its own and the fact that you've got um, players, uh, executive directors, media members uh, within it, I think you're going to wonder, like, where's Chicago's place in this, as they also were a club in 2021 that had a lot of negative headlines around them. Um, but I, I think if if you've got players who, quite frankly, decline or don't feel comfortable in doing that, I think that's ultimately just sort of kind of how you have to respect it. Um, I, I would I would imagine that that's that's the reasoning behind the lack of players participating in it. Maybe but these are assumptions on my part. I don't I don't have any intel that do you have intel to that? Um, I mean, reviews have come out today of the, of the, uh, documentary. Um, and I think ultimately the reviews have, have, have indicated that, uh, it's more of a synthesis of, of two stories than an overall look. Um, it, you know, it kind of wraps things up nicely in a bow a little bit. It's very much, uh, trying to tell the story of 2021, um, to audiences that maybe don't follow the league week in and week out. Mm. Um, there are issues with that, inherent issues to that, right? Which is that if you're going to... It, well, if you're going to approach it in that way, um, and then then you're you're not going to tell the whole story. And this has been a really interesting conversation this week. Um, Meg Linehan put out a really good conversation with Megan Burke and Jessica Berman and, and their legal representation today. Um, and, and this is actually something that's been in the back of my mind a lot, which is scope. I'm really, I think that what we're seeing here and I think a desire from the fan base is scope, wide scope, wide reaching, because so many of these issues go back decades. They go bigger than just NWSL. They go into the youth game. They go into U.S. soccer stewardship of the entire sport in this country. Um, it goes into norms that are probably seen in other leagues in this country yeah. and um, and beyond. I mean, we're seeing issues not even just in the U.S. And and so I think there's going to have to be – there's going to um, – what's the right way to put this? There, Every single thing that comes out, so the E60 – and and the Sally Yates report, and then subsequently the yeah, NWSLs, like the, the NWSLs investigation, and the in combination with the NWSLPA are going to have different scopes. And so, did I think the ESPN scope was a little disappointing? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I I think that like yes, like 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 they're saying in the chat. I think it was um, Jonathan Tannenwald who reported that Press and and Rory, Kristen Press and Rory Dames were both reached out to. They both declined. Um, Arnhem was not. Arnhem Whistler was not reached out to. And um, so, and then they just said, okay, we're limiting scope here. We're just going to do this one thing. And then I think the Sally Yates thing, and we were reminded by this by Burke in that very good piece by by Meg, is uh, Sally Yates is going to, and I believe has done a, a wide ranging. Uh, investigation, which is a little bit wider in scope. What she publishes is still going to be more limited though, because there's going to be these decisions of like, what is in U.S. soccer's purview? What is not in U.S. soccer's purview? How far does this go? Are we talking about workplace cultures? Are we talking about um, other things, you know, and, and ultimately U.S. soccer has an investment in 
the machine continuing to go forward, right? Yeah. And then eventually we're going to get the NWSLs and the NWSLPA's investigation. And that is, I think, indicated, again, by this conversation, I'd really recommend, subscribe to The Athletic Guys. They do great work. Yeah. Um, make. They're going to be wider in scope. They want to they push it even wider. They want to talk about how these issues came into place, how the CBA fixes some of these things, but not all of them. They want to give recommendations and they want to hold player or hold the Board of Governors to a high standard. They still report to a board of governors, though, and Arnhem, you know, Whistler is theoretically represented on that board of governors. So, I I have no answers for fans who are looking for wider, nuanced scope of investigation. And for the Chicago Red Stars, for the Chicago Red Stars specifically, yeah. I share I share the concerns that that element is falling through the cracks. I guess is what I would say. I would at, also, the, at this yeah, moment, right, with, like with so much that we haven't seen yet. I would just echo that and, and include myself in that as well. I think, yeah, I think there's, you know, reason for, for folks to be uh, concerned. <laughs> Shout out to the question again, Caleb. You're saying that you're Alex's dad. Hi, Alex's dad. Um, thanks for the question. And it obviously gave us the opportunity to, to open up the, the conversation here on this, on this podcast. But um, yeah, I, 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 I share the same concerns that, that, that folks have on that. Um, but the fact that there are, you know, Tan and Wald reporting that, you know there are spe- there were specific people who were reached out to to be part of this this documentary and decline again you just unfortunately have to accept that for what it is um i am in agreement you know with with claire 100 percent and that i think it's a it's a dangerous narrative to sort of have around what took place in, in 2021 i think the concept or the idea of just kind of pointing at it and saying wow wasn't that crazy and let's move on and, 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 and sort of say that. And, and sure, I think that's like an interesting way to kind of put it. But the, the truth of the matter is, is like, no, we can never actually forget what happened and came out of that. Is there, is there, you know, room to sort of grow from that and build something better, you know, from all of those negative experiences? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think you get there by acting like, um, this was this was it that this was that it's never going to happen again well i think i i think maybe even my feelings on it are are very similar but even just like i have no problem with moving on i think the current players want to move on i think it's re-traumatizing for people who went through a lot of this to have it constantly being brought up however the only way you can actually move on is through a level of internal transparency. Um, Burke was open about this. What she feels that the, the these investigation owe the players is a little bit different than what the investigation owes the public. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just sort of letting the actual issues come to light. And what we've seen with Chicago from an organizational standpoint, and I'm not, you know, they are not alone in this, that has not happened. Yeah. And so there is no moving on if, if you're not having that, amount I mean I think accountability is a very catch-all kind of a word and I think that some people's concept of what accountability looks like is different Mm -hmm. um obviously from Chicago's standpoint as a club they were like well we said we were sorry we said that we didn't know Arnhem uh took a step back for about a year um he was back in a press release a couple weeks ago right uh and then other people feel like accountability is Arnhem selling the team and yeah and that is very wide ranging, right? Mm. And probably the reality of what we're going to get is somewhere in the middle. Mm. And 
I think that's going to be really hard, especially for the people who went through this. And to be honest, like everybody's level of having gone through it from a fan perspective, even us as media, we went through something, right? To the players themselves, to the staff um, who were in the office at that time. It's just going to be really, really tough. And I think that is where I'm like, well, my frustration maybe from an emotional place is if we're making everybody go through this again, what is coming out of it? Yeah, what's the end game? Yeah, and that's maybe where I do think that that ESPN documentary really does fall short. But that's not, but they also, that's just a piece of media, right? The investigations need to do more. And so I hope that the investigations do more. I do too. And I guess this is to sort of just sort of wrap this up, I guess. It's just good to point out again that the the timeline events of probably this next coming week or so might be very re-triggering to to folks Everybody, like, take care of yourselves. Um, Make sure you're taking care of yourselves. I know Claire and I have had a lot of conversations about this. We're very good about checking in with each other. We talk about this all the time, how we're actually two friends who talk about the Chicago Red Stars versus two people who do a show about the Chicago Red Stars. And um, we mean that very sincerely. And... um, you know, uh, again, anything that could potentially be retriggering for, for any of you out there who, who watch us or, or support us or, or follow the Chicago Red Stars, absolutely 100% take care of yourselves. And it's um, a good contextualization for what we're seeing on the field as well, which is I don't know how much of this. There are a lot of players on, on the Chicago team that um, were not here last year, uh, but I think that you never know when those pressures get to you. You never know necessarily if it's bugging you until afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, I hope that what we have communicated for this whole show is just we empathize with the players on the field. Yeah. We think that they've done actually an exceptional job this year. Um, and this club, though, larger mm-hmm. conversation is if you look at where we were like a year ago to now, you're like – Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, players deserve um, everything. Yeah. And when they get everything, they deserve more. Yep. And uh, that's, that's what we're here to say on the show, and we'll keep uh, saying it outside of the show, and uh, that's bottom line. So uh, we want to thank everybody, as always, for, for joining us on the show today. Uh, go Red Stars. We're going to try to manifest good things for them as we've been trying to do for this uh, late second half of the season. So hopefully we'll get to talk about a dub. Go maybe San Diego. Even, maybe go even Washington. a playoff position go Red Stars, for Chicago yeah. Red Stars. Um, if you've enjoyed everything that we've talked about this entire season on this episode specifically, please know that one of the best ways that you can support us is with a CHGO membership. You get access to podcasts, live shows on every single Chicago team. You get some post-game shows. You get access to premium written content for all members at allchgo.com. You get access to merchandise, a free shirt when you become a member. And uh, you, of course, get access to the Discord, the CHGO Lounge. So hit us up with a subscription. And uh, Claire and I will hopefully be back to chat about some more cool Chicago Red Stars things. R.I.P. Coolio. <laughs>